Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Monica Lynn Appleton was a 29-year-old from Pampa, Texas. She was a mother and had lived in Baltimore, Maryland at one time. On October 13, 1999, her mother drove her to Amarillo. Unexpectedly, Monica requested to be dropped off down the street from her destination. She was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. that one friend or family member, that one person in our lives who just can't stick to the schedule. You have everything mapped out for a night on the town, or a get-together like Thanksgiving, or you're picking up the person to take him somewhere, then suddenly, within seconds, it's like you had no agreement with this person regarding times and locations at all. Suddenly, she can't go out because her freshman roommate from college is in town. Your uncle doesn't want to eat turkey at 2 o'clock. He wants to push the time till 4 because of the football game. And sure, you were going to pick your friend up right down the street to take him to the airport. But now, you have to drive the whole way across town at rush hour instead. We all have people like that in our lives. And really, maybe we've all been like this at one point or another. Well, in the case of Monica Appleton... As had happened previously since she moved back to Pampa, she was supposed to be dropped off at a specific house in Amarillo. This is the way it always was. But on the day Monica disappeared, she made a sudden request to be let out at the corner, blocks away from her usual destination. Then she disappeared. And we the public are now left to figure out if Monica's case has anything to do with her change of plans. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Good's website, charlieproject.org. Monica Appleton, despite tendencies that attempted to take her in another direction, tried to do the right things in her life. She got married, had a job, had children. In fact, she even moved out of her hometown of Pampa, Texas, because she and her family thought a change might be good for her. Yet, the opposite happened. The marriage fell apart. Her children ended up being taken care of by other family members. 
and Monica returned to Texas with a drug addiction and had to move back in with her mother. On top of that, a cycle of enabling was established in which Monica's mother would drive her to get drugs, often going 60 miles or more to do so. So on October 13, 1999, this is what was going on. Monica was driven by her mother to Amarillo as it happened many times before. And like before, the house of Ivory Teeler was the destination. It was always the destination. There was nowhere else Monica's mother ever let her out. Yet without warning, on that day, Monica had her mother stop the car several blocks from Ivory's. She didn't give her mother a reason. All Monica could say once she was out of the car was, get out of here, as if Monica was worried something bad was about to happen. She was never seen again. As with many of these types of cases, Unfound is covered concerning young women involved in drugs and prostitution, there is a very good suspect in this disappearance, Ivory Teeler. However, questions remain. Number one, why did Monica change her mind so suddenly as to where she wanted dropped off that day? Number two, what man with a familiar voice made a call to Monica's mother, telling her what possibly happened to Monica? And number three, could Monica's disappearance be connected to the disappearances and murders of unnamed women in the Dallas area? In Monica's family's mind, there's only one suspect for her disappearance. The guest for this episode is Monica's brother, Donnie Brown. Unfound news. My dad is here, and so far we've done some miniature golfing. I beat him by a stroke. We went to the gun range, I took him to Texas de Brazil for Father's Day, and he has spent a lot of time on the beach. He'll be here until June 26th. Next, and on that topic, because of the time I've been spending with him, I wasn't able to get the newsletter done for June. If you receive one, you know it usually comes out around the middle of the month. Well, the publication date will now be July 1st, and actually... That's good overall because I've wanted to move it to the beginning of the month anyway for a while now. So look for it in about 10 days. Finally, there is an unfound meetup happening in Amarillo on July 24th, 2019. The venue has already been reserved. If you would like to attend, please find Charmin, S-H-A-R-M-I-N, in the Unfound Podcast Discussion Group for more details. I deeply appreciate all the hard work she is putting in to making this happen. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Stitcher, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. On Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us on YouTube for the Unfound live show. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast. This week I need to thank Tanya, Liz, and Abby. You can also contribute to PayPal, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. That is also the email address. Merchandise, the books at amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Do not forget the reviews. Shirts at myshopify.com. Playing cards at makeplayingcards.com. And please mention unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thanks. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. 
carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the brother of Monica Appleton, Donnie Brown. Donnie, welcome to Unfound. Well, thank you. Let's start here. Uh, you are her brother. Uh, do you and Monica have any other siblings? Yes, we have uh, uh, one brother and one sister. Okay. And am I correct in guessing that you were Don, uh, Monica's older brother? Yes, I was the oldest. You were the oldest. Okay. Monica, yeah, Monica was the youngest. Okay. And how many years difference uh, is there between you and she? Ooh, uh, probably 20 years, I think. Wow, that that much older. I think. Okay. That's right. Okay. Uh, that's interesting because I have a sister that's about that much older than I am too, so I can relate to that. Okay. What would you say? I mean, 20 years difference, that's quite a bit. Um, what kind of relationship uh, did you and Monica have with that kind of uh, age difference? Uh, pretty good, really. Yeah. I mean, we we yeah. I mean, most most uh, for the most part, we we had a good relationship, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, toward the toward the end there, we kind of got a little. Uh, you know, we little weren't as close. Yeah, a little separation yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I, I certainly want to talk about to, that. Yeah. That was due to my work at the time and everything. Right. Right. Well, well being 20 years older, I mean, were you like a brother to her? Or, or would you say that oh, yeah. maybe you were more like almost like a parent with that much of an age difference? Uh, probably both. A little bit of both? So, yeah. um, you know, because – you know, if it's almost 20 years, I mean, you're 25, she's like five or six, you're 30, yeah, she's her, maybe teen, you know, early teens or something. Yeah, her dad, uh, her dad was wasn't even there when she was born. He took off. Uh, wow. Before that, and uh, my okay. mother was uh, stayed single after that. So, okay. you know, I was, uh, I took care of her. You know. Okay. Good for you. Good for you. Way to step up. So what was uh, Monica into? Uh, what was her interest? Well, or, you know, and, um, you know, sports or music? How do you remember it? Uh, she, she was, she really wasn't into a lot of sports. I think she did track some a little bit. And then she was a cheerleader for a time period. She was a very beautiful kid. And, uh, okay. She, she, uh, like I say, she she was in cheerleading, but then you know she got after she graduated high school, she, uh, uh, you know, it, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it went downhill, but she she just started getting into to the wrong crowd. Wrong crowd, you know. Well, let's talk about that. She did she get married at a, at a young age? Yes. Okay. Yes, I, and, and I couldn't tell you how old she was at the time. I I don't mm. remember. That's all right. And what was her husband's name? 
Marlon. Marlon. Okay. And they got married. She, you said at a young age. And did they have any kids? Mm-hmm. Yes, they had two. Two kids. Okay. A and, boy and a girl. Okay. And did they stay in the Texas area, Pampa, Amarillo, that area, or did they move yeah. somewhere else? Yeah, they for for a while they they stayed there, but then they moved up to Baltimore for for a period of time. Yeah, and that's where she really be, became. That's I want to say mm-hmm. she did good. She she wasn't doing too bad until she went to when when they went to Baltimore. And then she went downhill from there. She got into, um, I, I think she met some people she probably shouldn't have met met there. Yeah. And uh, um, then uh, she uh, she got involved with a strip club, from what mm-hmm. I understand, and mm-hmm. everything because because he showed up at my door one day with my niece, uh, asking me to take care of my niece which was she was like she was really she was less than a year old I think at the time oh my. and uh, yeah and when you say and, at your door uh, do you mean the whole way back in Texas yes wow yes. he showed up at my door while she while Monica was still in Baltimore oh my and said well, when you take care of her because they were having problems and all this kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. were you was being that she was in Baltimore, um, and uh, you know, I'm guessing by this time she's in her twenties. You would be into your maybe early forties. Um, right. Were you were you aware of this was going on? Was somebody telling you about this? Were you talking no, to her? How did you no. become aware of this? He told me. Oh, he did. He told me when when he showed up at my doorstep. Oh, he in did. Texas. Okay. Yeah. And he told you that Monica. Had gone, you know, kind of taking the wrong path, wrong road. Right, right. Okay. Okay. And, and I have I to... talk to her, and please. she was part of it as well, and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, so... So do you think that he contributed to it, your opinion? Oh, I'm sure. My okay. opinion, I'm sure he did. Okay. And how long were, were they in Baltimore, and... You know, do you even have a rough idea uh, on that? Uh, they weren't there for very long. I'm going to say a year, maybe. Okay. And maybe a little longer. Maybe mm-hmm. a little longer. Uh, okay. Hard to say, really. All right. And so, did they did they get divorced? Did they split up? Did they move back to Texas? Yeah, what did they, they do? They 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 moved back to Texas. Uh, uh, they tried to work it out for a while, and then then they ended up getting a divorce, uh, and so forth. Let me ask you this: Did and, did they move back? Did they both move back to Texas at the same time when they got yes. this divorce, or yes. what happened? Yes, yeah, they did. No, they they didn't get a divorce until they got back to Texas. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they came back to Texas before that ever happened. Okay, they were together for a while after they came back to Texas. Okay, and uh, everything. And am I to understand then that when he showed up at your door, Marlon did with one of their children? I mean, did you take that child in? Does that end up did that end yep. up happening, or what'd you do? Yes, yes, I, I I took her in for I think it was about a month. I think we took uh-huh. care of her for about a month. 
if I remember mm-hmm. right. Okay. And, okay. And then they, then Monica, Monica was pretty upset with me over it. I bet. You know, and I didn't know what else to do. I mean, I wasn't going to say no. Of course. You know, but, you know, and, of course. And that's, that's when I had a pretty, pretty, pretty harsh talk with Monica when she came back. I pretty, I pretty much told her, yeah. you know, uh, you, you need to change your ways. Well, you know, yeah. it didn't really, it didn't really do any good because, mm. like I say, from that point on, it just went downhill. As time progressed, it just goes downhill from mm. there. And if you could guess, I realize this is over 20 years ago. Could you even guess what year that was when Marlon showed up with one of their children, you know, for you to take care of that? Was it maybe 1996 or 95, 97? What do you think? I'm going to say around 96, 97. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, it'd have to be around 97, I would think, because... uh, Okay, we're just trying to put this in a little, put a little bit of a timeline together yeah. for the listeners. That's totally fine, as long as we know about right. maybe two years to three years before she disappeared, roughly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And w- so you watched um, this child for a month. So what happened at that point? Did Monica take the child back? Did Marlon? What what then happened? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they both they both came and got got her and okay. everything and. After they got settled in and everything, and okay, uh, to their where they were going to be living it, and, and and I don't even remember where that was at in town, but uh, okay, yeah, they came and got her. And okay, and that was the first time was you for a while, for a while, but that was the first time yeah. you had seen her, like in person, you know, eye to eye, first time. Yeah. And yeah. how did she look? Since before they, uh, she looked fine to me. At that time, yeah, she looked fine. Okay. I mean, you know, uh, mm. nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Okay. Know, that I saw. You know. And do you think that uh, if I can ask your opinion, it's just an opinion. Do you think that there was maybe some abuse or something going on in the marriage, or was this just two people that just weren't getting along because they eventually did separate? But what do you, what was going on there? Do you right. think? Uh, no, I don't think there was any. As far as I know, I don't think there was any abuse because I think he thought that if that ever happened, that I would step in and deal with uh-huh. it. So, okay, good for you. I don't I'm glad. That's good. I don't think he ever, as far as I know, he never did. Okay. Other All right. Than, you know, the, the, the yelling and that kind of stuff, but as far as putting his hands on her, I don't think that ever happened. Okay. That I'm aware of. Okay, but do you think that Marlon was mixed up in drugs too? Had gotten into that. Oh yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Okay. And so, how long after they, please? He was arrested for for possession of narcotics with intent to to to, to deliver. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So, how long do you think they managed to keep it together after they got back to Texas? Let's say, uh, let's say the year was I'm 1997. I'm going to say by 1998, they were divorced and separated. Okay. All right. And we will talk about that, uh, the period after that in a moment. But uh, we've talked about drugs already uh, a little bit. And how do you think this ended up happening? 
for Monica overall that, uh, you know, and I know that you were never into drugs because I know what your profession was before what right. you were doing now. I want, I certainly want to talk to you about that, but how did she right. ended up getting into that and maybe you didn't and what do you think happened there? Well, I think it, it just was the people she was hanging around with and, and stuff like that, you know, during the time she was with him and even after. Uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, uh, yeah, he had a he had a body shop business uh, at, on and off, uh-huh. and uh, it it was raided several times. Okay. Uh, what drugs do you think that she was uh, got into? What was her choice? Uh, back then, you know. Crack, meth really hadn't taken a really hard hold there, mm-hmm. but crack, crack, and, and, and stuff like that had. But then meth started showing up, and yeah. I think a combination of both, both combination. probably. Okay. Did you or anybody else ever try to talk to her about going to rehab? Did she ever talk about it? Oh, yeah. Think about cleaning herself up? What was that? One day, one day I, I had both of them in my patrol car. Uh, in the back seat, and uh, I, I, I tried to talk to him then, mm-hmm. both of them. Yeah. And she just was not going to have any part of it. You know, she didn't. She didn't care. She it just didn't matter to her. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I didn't talk to her for quite a while after that. And uh, one day, her and uh. uh one of the guys that she uh, been hanging around with got stuck just down the street from my grandmother, and they called me to come and pull him out. Uh, okay. And which I did, you know. I mm-hmm. I still love my sister. I still do anything for. Her, of course. You know, as long as she, you know. So I went and pulled him out, and that's pretty much the last time I saw her. What were your other siblings? Uh, of course, you're the oldest. She was the youngest. You have two other siblings. Were they trying to talk to her at the time? I mean, were they involved in this or, or what? Uh, my my sister uh, my sister lived in Ohio at, or uh, not Ohio, West Virginia at the time, and uh, Monica lived up there for a, a period of time, uh, you know, uh, but that was short short-lived and she moved back to texas okay and uh uh and she did good while she was up there they said is what my sister and them told me and then, but then she come back to texas and started all over again okay wow okay and do you think once again just your opinion that Eventually, she got uh, got herself. Monica did into some prostitution as well. Once she came back to Texas in yeah. that time, yeah, ninety seven, ninety eight into ninety nine. Yeah. Now that was, that, as far as I know, that was just a rumor. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I I never saw it. You know, that, uh, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's 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 no doubt uh, that that from what I understand, that's what happened. You know. Okay. 
All right. Because of the people she was hanging with. Sure. And let's let's talk about the main person that's going to come up in this discussion right now. His name is Ivory. Is that Teeler? T E A L E R. Is that his real first name, Ivory, or what is it? Yeah, Ivory. I don't know what it. That's that's just just his nickname, but Mm -hmm. I don't know what his full name is. My mother, she she knew it, but I never knew it. Okay. Uh, Because one of the things I did is because you know uh, I was a cop, so I tried to stay as far away from any kind of investigation with any of my family as I could because you know I didn't want that reputation that you know. Just because I was her brother or whatever or, or whatever, you know, I didn't want that kind of uh, deal where, you know, give a special leniency kind of stuff. I didn't right. want that. Right. So I just kind of, if anything come up with them, I I usually had somebody else deal with it at the time. Right. right. And I guess you could so, work the other way, too, is that maybe you might be worried about, you know, being that she's hanging around these types of people. What if they find out that her brother is a police officer? You know, right. that might not be right. too good for her, too. So, you know, I can understand and, and, and wanting to keep her dis- distance. Please. Ultimately, I think that's what happened. Okay. Because, because it, 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 everybody, there, somebody out there knows something. Mm-hmm. You know, all we've heard it up to this point is rumors. Yeah. But somebody out there knows something, and the fact that I was a cop at the time, I think uh, just kind of made things a little worse, you might say. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about Ivory Teeler. Do you even have any idea how she and Harmonica and Ivory met? Any any ideas at all? She got she got mixed up with one of Marlon's friends, which was a guy named Billy Grimes. Okay. A black guy. And uh, Ivory, I guess, at some point had been hanging around over there. Ivory was a drug dealer slash pimp. Yes. And she got mixed up with him somehow. I don't know how, but anyway, uh, she ended up, and he was from Amarillo, and uh, she ended up hooking up with him somehow. Okay. And uh, everything. Okay. How long in your, just once again, your recollection going back to 98, 99, how long do you think that Monica knew Ivory before she disappeared? Uh, Probably within that year. Okay. Okay. And we will talk more. I just want to uh, make sure the listeners know his name before we get into uh, more of this. Let's uh, go up to the, the days and weeks. Uh, I think you had already mentioned um, the last time yeah. that, that you talked to or saw her. Why don't, when was the last time you talked or saw her, talked to her or saw her before she disappeared? That was that day that I pulled her out. That was the last time I ever saw her. Okay, and how long do you think that was before she disappeared? Uh, probably... Two months, maybe. Two months, maybe in August of '99, yeah. something like that. Okay. Yeah, because it was it was it was it was warm at the time. Okay. And where was she? Where was she living at the time? Where were her children? What, what was all going with the all kids that? Were, 
the kids were living with my grandmother, and that's where Monica was normally, where she normally stayed, was at my grandmother's, and she was home. Okay. Um, but she, uh, I mean, she loved those kids. I mean, she always made sure that they were taken care of and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's what was so out, right, out of the ordinary, you know. Okay. You know, she didn't she didn't show up for several days and. People started worrying. You know, it wasn't right. wasn't common wasn't uncommon for her to be gone for a couple of days. But then she would either call or and check up on the kids and and stuff like that. But when she didn't do that, that's when my mom began to get worried about it. Right. And I do have to ask you, being that this last time that you did see her in August, what was the what was the reason that she was in the back of your patrol car? What 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 did happen there? If if I can ask, if you can say. Uh, I got a call. Uh, I don't even remember what it was about now. Mm -hmm. It was at the ballpark or whatever. I may have been at the ballpark and uh, been drinking and carrying on. And, and, and I got a call over there and I get there and they're part of it. And I tell them, I said, I'm going to take you home. Wow. But yeah, and I remember right. That's what it was about. All right, so you might understand that when you were going over there, you already knew that Monica was one of these people, or did you just happen no, to find that out no. when you got there? I knew. I found out when I got there. Wow. Okay. All right. So we got this. She's hanging around these bad people. Uh, maybe a downward spiral going on. You're warning her, you know, hey, Monica, you need to straighten yourself out. Doesn't sound like she took your advice to the point where you get on a call and she's one of the people that get, you know, that that's on this call that, that you when you yeah. show up there. And her children are, you know, living with the grandmother. And when she's around, that's where she is, too. So let's move up to yeah. October 13th, 1999. What do you uh, know about that day? What have you been told? Uh, is that uh, now? I I like to go back and look, but uh, is, if that's the day that my mom took her to Amarillo, yes. my mom took her down. Okay, that yeah. My mom took her down. This is what my mom told me. My okay. mom took her to Amarillo to 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 supposedly to Ivy's house. She gets over there and like just as she was about to turn the corner to go to the house, Monica tells her to drop her off right there. And to just keep going, don't say anything. Hmm. Something along those lines. I don't uh, remember exactly now, but I mean, okay. That's that, that's the gist of it. Okay. And would you say harmonica. it sounds like? It, and that's what I was going to ask you. She had not done something like this before. No. 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 Normally, she just go right to the house. You know. Uh huh. Okay. But. So would you say this was something common that your mother would do, even though it yeah, sounds like yeah, by this time everybody, you know, it sounds like by this time everybody knew the kind of guy that Ivory was, but your mother drove her over there yeah. anyway? Right. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. she'd do anything for Monica, you know, okay. and, and, I, and I, even when I would tell mom, you got to stop doing that, you know, because you're, you're, you're just facilitating what she's doing. And I said, yeah. you got to stop doing that, but she right. wouldn't do it. She wouldn't listen. Yeah, I'm, I, I trust said, me, Donnie. I'm not, 
Yeah, I'm not trying to put too fine of a point on it. I just want to make sure that I, you know, the listeners and I understand what you're saying here, that your mother right. drove her over there. Okay. And I understand right. that every, just about every parent, you know, they've all been there trying to say no to their kids and right. it's hard to do. I get it. Right. So, um, yep. she, so what you're saying is your mother had driven Monica over there before, and this was the first time or the only time that Monica requested that she be dropped off like down the right. street and not right, right at the house. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Do you think that um, maybe she saw Ivory somewhere or, you know, say, well, there's no reason to go to the house. Maybe Ivory's down the street or something or, uh, or what? I, I don't know. I don't okay. know uh, at all about that. I don't. It, okay. It, it, mother said it was just the way she said it that kind of concerned her, but it, I mean, she said it concerned her later, but it didn't concern her at the time. Right. Okay. I, mm -hmm. I get it. I understand that. Okay. I realized that you were not personally doing this, but I know that you were in the area, you're working in the area. Do you have any idea how often your mother would uh, drive her over there? Uh, I don't know exactly how how many, how many times. I know she did several times, but uh, you know, uh, mm. I I tried to discourage that right. as much as I could. Yeah. Okay. But my mother, my mother had a mind of her own. I I understand that. Um, and then how is it that um, and, and when we say driver over, this is going from Pampa to Amarillo. Is that right? Right. Okay. This was about. 55, 60 miles, I think. Okay. And when Monica would come back to Pampa, how would she would she get a ride? Would somebody go pick her up, or would somebody drive usually, her over there? No. Usually she would uh, come with somebody else. Okay. Okay. And once again, the way you look back at it now, is this a situation where you think she was going to Amarillo? Uh, for drugs and prostitution, and that's yeah. what the uh, the relationship that she and Ivory had, or did they have a personal relationship, or how do you look back at it now? Uh, at one point, you know, I, I from what my mom told me, uh, they had a personal relationship supposedly, but you know how those things go. Yeah. You know how how pimps are. Yes, it goes from a personal uh, relationship to hey, why don't you go out in here and have sex for money? Yeah. 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 Right. So that's right. Okay. All right, and uh, I just want to go over once again something that the what Monica said. So I get the idea that when your mother did drop Monica off, that she wanted your mother to get out of there pretty fast. Right. Yeah. She okay. told her she told her that uh she she needed to get, to get out of there as quick as she can or something okay. to those that effect. Okay. And do you know what intersection this was or street it was in Amarillo that this happened? Right. I I can't remember now what it was, but mm -hmm. uh I I can still picture the house because my mom took me by there, you know, several months later okay okay and to your knowledge did monica know anybody else in was i guess what i'm saying is what i'm asking is did 
it was the, the express purpose that she that Monica was going over there to see Ivory. She wasn't going over to, to see anybody else. She was going over there to see Ivory no. like she usually did. Right. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. And you know, she did have there was other girls from Pampa that were over there as well that Monica knew and everything, but as far as uh, you know, hanging out with those people, as far as I know, no. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't think so, but I, I don't know for sure. Okay. When did the way you remember it? Once again, it's been twenty years. Uh, the way you remember it, how? When did people, your family? start to get a little worried that they haven't hadn't seen Monica how many days would you say that took uh I would say within that first week you know like I say she would call every two three days you know and check on the kids and everything but when she didn't call my mother you know started to get worried and uh everything Mm -hmm. so you know she and then uh, she even drove over there to see if she could find Monica. She couldn't find her. Wow. Did did she go up actually to Ivory's house and bang on the door? Was he there? What did he I say? No, but uh, there wasn't anybody there at the time. Okay. And did, did in fact she said when she please. went over there, it looked like it had been been abandoned. The house had been abandoned. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, so she goes over there a few days later, and nobody's home. Uh, any flyers put up at that point? Um, and no, what, what about that time? No. What, what about the police in Amarillo? And we'll talk about your position uh, in a, here in a bit. But <laughs> did did she um, talk to the police in Amarillo? Did they say anything? No. What was the experience no. she, she had did, with them? She didn't. She didn't talk to anybody in Amarillo at all. Okay. About it. Okay. Is there a reason for that, do you me, think? No, I I don't I don't know of any reason why she didn't. Okay. She just figured she was gone, you know, she'd be back, you know. Yeah. Okay. The way you look at it now, how how many days do you think it was usually when she did get dropped off in Amarillo at Ivory's? How long would she normally be over there? A couple of days or what do you think? Yeah, usually two, three days at the most. Okay. You know, very rarely was she over there a week at a time. You know, she was always, she'd always be back at my grandmother's within, you know, three to four days at the most. Okay. And that was after those three or four days this time that that's the reason your mother and other people started to worry. Yeah. Okay. So at some point, let's say within that first week, did you and your mother maybe... I realized at least one of your siblings lived in West Virginia, but did you all have like a sit down and try to figure out what they were, what you were all going to do? Or what do you remember about that, that time, that first week? No, that I decided to, when, when I hadn't heard anything from her from, you know, I think we waited probably a week mm-hmm. over a week. Maybe I, I tried to make a, uh, I talked to a Lieutenant there, my department, and told him I wanted to make a, a missing person report. Well, okay. he's, he was one of the old school guys. Oh, you, she, she's an adult. 
she she's you know it's not illegal for her to go missing uh, uh, i understand that yeah and uh it took me another week to get when when she didn't show up you know that that took me i think another week or so to get somebody to listen to me finally mm-hmm. and we made a police report at that time contacted amarillo amarillo uh pd wasn't much help either okay yeah let's let's talk about being that it's come up a couple times and i think that this is uh maybe a little bit of a new aspect of a disappearance that we've ever had on unfound but you you are not a police officer now but at the time in 1999 you are a police officer for pampa texas yes okay um, you you weren't like uh, in the sheriff's office. You were actually a, uh, like a city police officer. City. Yes. Okay. Yes. And how many years experience were you on the beat? What was your what was your um, beat? I guess you might say. How many years had you been a, a police officer at that time? Maybe give a little background that you had at the time. Uh, I, I, at, at the time. I, I had I had been with Pampa probably. Uh, 10, 11 years, maybe 12 Okay. at the time. Okay. So pretty seasoned, pretty experienced. Yeah. Very experienced. Yeah. Okay. And I'm guessing that you, in being a police officer, you maybe had run across some missing persons cases in those years, you know, before yeah. Monica, you know, maybe showing up, maybe not investigation, but taking the paperwork down, you know, writing, you know, right. filling out paperwork and everything. Okay. So right. – when you say that you went to your supervisor, you mean your supervisor in Pampa? Yes. Okay. And please explain again how that went for you. Even though you were a police officer, how did it go for you? Well, uh, like I said, you know, he told me, he said, uh, you know, it's not against the law for somebody to go missing. You know, mm-hmm. people people leave for whatever reason, you know. And, and I told him, I, you know, and I, again, I explained to him, you know, this is not normal, right? You know, even though even though the type of people she was around, you know, it still wasn't normal. Mm-hmm. And you know, he he was old school, so you know he he didn't want to take a report at the time. Okay. Came back, like I say, a little bit later, a week or so later, and that's when they finally let me make a report on it at that time. Okay. And what happened after that? Uh, we notified Amarillo. No, Amarillo wasn't much help either. They they were kind of the same way, you know. They didn't want to, uh, wasn't against the law for somebody to go missing, you know. Mm-hmm. Back then, the laws were not as uh, I want. I don't want to say the laws weren't as strict as what they are now. You know, if somebody goes missing, they take a report almost immediately. Back then, no. No. It took an act of Congress to get you to get somebody to write a report. Yeah, I guess I think what you're saying is now maybe there's a little bit more awareness that when people yeah. say, hey, take a, please take this seriously, that there's a little more awareness these days. You know, right. I, I the, uh, my opinion is we still have a long way to go, but my perception is right. uh, things have changed, especially since now we have cell phones and social media. Yeah, please. Yeah. I can assure you it's 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 much better now than what it was then. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear you say that. Thank you. All right. Did you, being a police officer, did you happen to know anybody 
I know it's like 50, 60 miles away. Did you know any police officers there that maybe you'd seen at, I don't know, some convention, you know, yeah. a gathering? Did you know any of those men or women? Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I even talked to a few of them. Uh, okay. And uh, everything. And, and, you know, they did what they could do. But, you know, their hands were tied, too, because of their chief at the time. Okay. And you had told me, I don't know when this exactly happened. I, I didn't um write this the, the exact time in the notes so i hope that you can remember you at some point told me that uh, one of the investigators i guess in amarillo said you know don't worry about her i, I saw her did that actually happen no uh no the actual investigator that ended up taking over the case in pampa Yes. Oh, in Tampa. Okay. Told me that they had saw her. She said she saw her. Pretty sure she saw her in November. Huh. In Tampa or in Amarillo? Tampa. All right. What did, when did this investigator? I guess it's a female. When did she tell you this? Uh, when when did she pass that along to you? Uh, I be honest with you, I can't. I don't remember. All right. Do you think it was in ninety nine? Do you think yeah, it was in, it was in 99. 99. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did she happen to say where I'll, she happened? Please. I want to say it was probably a couple of weeks after, you know, she said she saw her. Huh. I, I'm, I'm going to say, but I mean, I'm. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm inclined to doubt I, it, but I think that that's interesting. Remember. You know, it's weird that an investigator yeah. would say that to you and. Yeah. Um, well, she wasn't, and I don't think she was an investigator at the time that she saw her. She was working the streets or something. Mm -hmm. um, but later on, you know, she took over the case because it, it set for a, a while. Wow. Okay. Did this uh, woman tell you know. where she saw Monica? Uh, down in the hood is what if I remember the word wording was, yeah, down in the hood. Okay. You That's being a called our south side. You being an experienced police officer and trying to take your emotions out of this, did you believe <laughs> that sighting or not? No. Okay. Uh, that probably would have been my I, reaction as well. It. Okay. No. I didn't believe it because I hadn't everyone I talked to said they hadn't seen her, so well, when they finally started taking this seriously in Amarillo, did they finally track down Ivory Teeler? How long after? Where was he? What do you know about all of that when he finally was tracked down? He wasn't tracked down at all in Amarillo at all. No, what happened? He wasn't tracked down until several, about five years later. Oh, my gosh. Uh, when, yeah. Huh. He wasn't tracked down until till I kind of probably, I don't remember the year, around 2005, I really got, we hadn't heard anything, nothing had been done, and I really got pretty upset and mm -hmm. kind of took things in my own hand. I didn't care if I was a cop at the time or not. I kind of took things in, in my own hand. I started asking questions i because you know like i say it's been five years nothing been done yeah it just basically just sat there and when i did that is when they really 
the 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 lady that was the investigator became the investigator during that time. That's when they really started looking at it and started going and and working working the case. In your opinion, what do you think? Uh, you know, from '99, let's say until 2005. Do you think that they were looking for Ivory Teeler at all? I mean, they had to have known. I mean, you found the police report. You no. know why she went over there. Were they looking for him? No. No. Okay. Well, please tell the uh, please tell the audience how he was eventually found. Uh, his name came up during their investigation, and uh, he. Uh, at one point, the Texas Rangers got involved because uh, they were going to do it. They, they found out he was in jail down in Dallas, so they went down and did an interview with him, and he he claimed that he had, had a heart condition, so they they couldn't put him on a polygraph ex, uh, examination at that time because of the the heart medication he supposedly was taking. Uh-huh. So, I mean, but that's pretty much how they found out about him is through the, through talking to people. You know that that report is probably four inches thick at wow. that point. Wow! And they 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 interviewed a ton of people, and uh, all kinds of names came up. You know. But what did he specifically say? I mean, did he admit to anything? Did he say, yeah, Monica was coming over to my place that day? Yes, I yeah, did he, know her. He, what, he, what did he say? He he admitted to knowing her, but he didn't know what happened to her. She, he said she just did, she she just quit showing up. Okay. I find that hard to believe. But. Uh-huh. I agree. I agree. So are, is it your understanding that I'm reminding the listeners for a little bit? So – she gets dropped off. She disappears uh, maybe a week later, whatever it is. Your mother goes back over there, goes to his house. It looks like it's abandoned. Uh, are we then to understand, is it possible that he left Amarillo for good right after Monica disappeared? Or, or how do you read in? What do you read into that? And went to Dallas? Uh, what do you think? It's, it's possible. It's possible that he did. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know when he went to as far as went mm-hmm. to Dallas. I have no idea. Okay, and you're not aware of in 2005, being that he was in jail in 2005. Do you have any idea how long he had been in jail by the time they tracked him down? No, I have no idea. Okay. To your knowledge, did they ever um, go into that house where he lived, whether back in '99 or 2005, no. or into this day, ever? No, ever, never. As far as I know, that's never been in. Nobody's ever went into that house. Wow. Okay, so that's like very frustrating, right? Yep. Do you, and being a police officer, and uh, I think you're retired now, but um, yep. do you think that um, what do you think uh, would have happened had she disappeared and? The reason I'm asking this is because there are many places out there that say she disappeared in Pampa where it's obvious to me and you that she was last seen in Amarillo. Do you think it would have been any different had she disappeared in Pampa? You know, with you being a police officer, do you think it would have been any different? Uh, probably not. At the time, no. Okay. No. 
I doubt it. Okay. Persons cases back then weren't like I say, they weren't high priority unless you know, unless they were a child or something. Right. 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 And looking back at it also, being that I re- seemingly did end up in, in Dallas and ended up in jail in Dallas, uh, did Monica ever talk about going to Dallas with him? Had she ever been to Dallas before? Or, oh, she had been to Dallas, but I don't know if she had been with him or not. With I him or not. Yeah. Okay. And what was, uh, the way you remember it, why was he in jail in Dallas? What were the charges? Do you know? Uh, no, I don't have a clue. I was never okay. told. Okay. And I didn't I, at the time. I didn't. I didn't press it. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were they were actually interviewing him. The, the, the Texas Rangers had had gotten involved, and they were going to interview him as well. You know, with our investigator, and that's just, you know, I let them do their job. I didn't get involved in it. Because I didn't want anything to come back to say in case in case they did find something they found out something and I didn't want uh, my bias to get involved in in messing up anything involving the case. Okay. Let's move on. We'll come back to Ivory in a bit. Um, let's talk about this phone call uh, that your mother got in August of 2000. You told me about that. What was that? She got a call and and she said she recognized the, the name and I wish I could I could think of the guy's name that she thought it was. Mm-hmm. And because uh, Monica lived with him for a period of time, and she said that the guy was crying and said that Monica had been put through a paper and the remains fed to a hog. Oh my! Put it placed at a hog farm. And that's basically what that call was about. It was just out of nowhere, so, like a year later, not quite a yep. year later. Yep. Okay. Just out of nowhere, you know. And at that time, I I went and got a recording device and put on the phone in case they called back again, which they never did. Mm-hmm. And your mother uh, was the only person to hear this phone call. She said she recognized the voice of a guy that, Monica used to live with. Yes. Huh. And how long? I mean, was he she... was all he was he was also acquainted of uh, of T Baby Ivory Teeth or whatever you want to call him. Okay. Wow, but you couldn't all these years later can't remember his name, but she lived with him. No. And I can I can remember the street that he lived on because I went I went up there one day to. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember. I went up there for something one day. I went to pick up the kids or something. I can't remember. And what street was it? Maybe that'll help us out if somebody wants to look on, into this. It, it was on Lynn Street is where it was at. Lynn? L-Y-N-N? Uh-huh. Okay. Lynn Street in Pampa, Texas. Yep. Okay. Do you think that if you were to see a picture of the house, you would recognize it, uh, the box number or something? I I remember it was on the corner. I do remember it was on the corner. Okay. uh, As far as the house, lot number, I couldn't tell you. Okay. 
And it, ends, please. It, it would have had to have been uh, in between the 1900 block, I think, and 2200 block because that that section of Lynn uh, at the time was the only section of Lynn. They hadn't. I don't think at at the time. I don't think they had put in the new section yet. Okay. I, 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 like I say, I can't. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it was up in that area. Okay. Well, maybe somebody will get on that. And I know these days with the internet, you can actually go back and start looking at addresses and find out people who used to live at that address. So maybe there's a, a possibility there that uh, we can make something happen. That would be uh, interesting. But this guy never called back again. Just the one call. No. No. Okay. Just one call. All right. And you said that he might have been a friend yeah. of Ivory's anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Okay. But we do hear, I, I have to admit, even though the listeners may not realize this, behind the scenes, I hear a lot about wood chippers and hogs and things. I hear that in a lot of cases. So there's that. Let's talk about the ex-husband, uh, Marlon, for a little bit. Where was he uh, at the time of her disappearance, and how did he react to all of this? Um, he was in he was he was still in Pamp at the time. Uh, now, as far he, I know they interviewed him at, at at one point, and but I mean they didn't feel that he had any knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. I think he knows more than what he's ever said mm-hmm. because he was in that crowd in that type of crowd so i i mean personally i think he knows something okay but did you would you say when you say he's in that crowd would you say that he knew ivory uh i don't know if he ever knew ivory but i know he knew grimes and and all of them okay all right uh, of course, as you would know, being a police officer, you know that, of course, husbands, ex-husbands, ex-lovers are always very good suspects in these cases. And so that's why we have to right. talk about them. Yeah. Uh, was was he um, responsible for their children? You said that the children at that point were living with a grandmother. Does that mean Marlon was like living by himself or what was he doing? Do you know? Yeah, he, 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 did, he, he didn't associate much with the kids. No. Wow. Okay. And did he continue? I mean, at the time, I of, ended up. Please. I ended up with custody of them. Oh, you did. Uh, yeah, I, knew that. I I got custody of them after a while. Uh, after I don't know, probably okay. two years, maybe later, I got custody of them. Okay. Okay. Um, Marlon, did he continue to? Um, Descend into drugs uh, into the 2000s, yeah. or what yeah, did he? he what did far he? As I, far as I, far as I know, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, because you know, like I said before, his place has been raided several times. Okay. And is his uh, last name? Is that how she gets? Um, Monica gets the last name Appleton. Is that what his last name is? Or no, her? that was my mom's last name. Your mom's last her name. Dad's last name. Okay. I LaRue, LaRue was his name. Oh, LaRue. Marlon LaRue. Okay. L-A-R-U-E? Yeah. Okay. So do you, do you think that the police took a decent look at him then, just to make sure? That... Yeah. I, I honestly think they did. 
Okay. I honestly think they they took a good look at him. All right. Was he but, ever was he ever uh, offered to take a uh, polygraph test or? I I don't I don't know. I honestly don't know. Okay. Is uh, Marlon still alive? Is he still around somewhere? Yep, he's still in Pampa. Okay. I know. All right. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is something else that you told me that I thought um, uh, was uh, had to be startling to you, and that was you had an encounter with a woman. Um, you got a call or something like that with a woman drugs, um, and Monica's name came up. What Can you explain that? Oh, yeah. Uh, we had got a call one night. I was working, I think, the night shift at the time, and... Uh, We've got a call, and I don't even remember that girl's name now, but uh, I ended up arresting her and putting her in my patrol car. And, and while I was getting ready to put her in a patrol car, or while she was in the back seat of the patrol car, I was sitting in the front, she she was rambling on about, you know, Monica and what happened to Monica, that she didn't oh want gosh. it to happen to her. And, and all of this stuff. She didn't know that I was Monica's brother at the time. Okay. So I just let her keep going, let her keep rambling on. And uh, she told me that that uh, something something to the effect that they had jabbed a some kind of prod up into her and all kinds of stuff and tortured her basically to death. Now, after hearing that, I became angry. Yeah. But I didn't say anything. I just I got a hold of I got on my cell phone at the time and uh I contacted um our investigator and I told her what, what I just heard. So she came down there and had me transferred transport her to the police department and she did an interview with her. And what this uh, did this girl continue to say? This young woman continue to give uh, the same story, or what? Yeah, pretty much. Huh? But then she came back later and and recanted recanted it. But we have to remember to the best knowledge that you have of all this is there's no way that this woman that that uh, you arrested would ever have known that Monica was your sister. Uh, no, because no, she didn't know. No, at the time she didn't. She knew. She, she knew right. afterwards. afterwards. I'm sure she didn't, she didn't real. Yeah, she didn't realize it at the time. She knew that she, that she had a brother at, at, that worked at the police department, but she didn't know who. You know, I'd never met her. Okay. Do you um think this woman once again? You were there. Do you think that she was telling the truth or? I mean, with the coincidence, I mean, I think, I, that has a hell of a coincidence. Yeah, I, I think it was, uh, I, I think she was sincere in what she was saying. I think she meant it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as far as details, I who knows? But she was very specific in what she said. Very specific. Okay. Did yeah. she offer up any names? Did she say Ivory's name, this Grimes guy's no, name, any, no. any names? 
No, she didn't. At the time, no, she didn't. Now, she may have to the investigator. I don't know, because I never saw the interview that they'd, right. they'd had with her. Okay. Wow, that is some sort of coincidence. Do, do you even can you even be able to guess if she is telling the truth? How that she and Monica would have ever crossed paths? Uh, they were part of the same prostitute ring, I guess you would say. <laughs> okay. Okay. Did she say that, or is that just a guess on your part, or did is that something you found out later, no, I, or, or that's, what? That's something I found out later. That, okay. You would not believe for a small town what was going on. You know, right. Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey had it right back in 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 the in the nineties when he said, you know, Pampa, Texas is like Little Chicago. That right? I didn't right. know he said that. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't. Okay, well, all right. And how big? Maybe we need to know this. How big is Pampa, Texas? At the time, it's probably nineteen, twenty thousand. All right. And have you? Uh, I know that you were continued to be a police officer. Um, let, let me rephrase that. Let me ask this question: How long after Monica's, Monica's disappearance did you have this encounter with this woman? Uh, probably, uh, I remember it was in March. I'm pretty sure it was in March. Okay. So it would have been what? Uh, Six months later. Five months later. Yeah. So March of 2000. That's how soon it was afterwards. Yeah. Okay. And after this, being that I know the, um, these people, both men and women, that are wrapped up in these things, tend to get arrested and then rearrested and then rearrested. Did you ever run into this right. woman again on the streets? Uh, no, I, I mean, was, probably, but uh, I don't remember, you know, yeah. you run into, we had some of the same repeat offenders all the time. Right. You know. I'm just wondering if after the investigators talked to her and everything, if you personally ever ran into her again in your travels as, uh, as a cop on the beat. No, I don't think so. I, I don't no. think I ever did. No. Okay. Never saw her again. No. Okay. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay, so maybe she's uh being that she didn't know that you were Monica's brother, I maybe there is some sort of uh, you know, truth in this, but you know, the tough part is that she didn't bring up any names. She didn't say Ivory's name or anybody right. else's, which makes things a little tough. Okay. No. Let's talk about Ivory not again. To me, anyway. Yeah, not to you. Right, and um, do you even know, maybe I can ask you this, do you even know why that even came up? I mean, was she looking to uh, get a break? Was she just high on drugs and lost her mind, yeah. or what do you think? Uh, well, she was, there was no doubt she was high, but uh -huh. yeah, she was She was wanting to trade information is what she said. Oh, uh, okay. Because we had, we'd arrested her on a drug charge. Okay. All right. we, did a, we did a traffic stop. We did a traffic stop and did a search of her in the car and found drugs on her. Okay. That's what it was. Okay. And do you have any idea if she didn't get any leniency for any of this information? No, not that I know of. No? Okay. I, mean, do you... I, I, I don't know. 
uh, being that you were the arresting officer, do you know if any of those charges even stuck? Uh, no, I was only the transport officer. The mm. arresting officer was somebody else. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. That is, I have to tell you, uh, Donnie, that that is one of the more unique stories uh, that we've had on Unfound. Of course, I think you are the first uh, police officer as a member of the family uh, that has been on the program. And to have that kind of story, that must have just been – that must have shook you up a little bit. Oh, you know, yeah. oh, it, yeah. I bet it did. You know, because, you know, we got the, we got the call, uh, you know, that that one call later on, you know, what was it? In August, I guess, that year. Mm-hmm. So, right. Know. Right. Your mother got the call. Yes. Your mother got the yeah. call. Right. Yeah, that must have really shaken you up, even though you were uh, an officer of experience 11, 12 years at that time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's talk about Ivory a little bit more. Um, can you think of any reason, or have you ever heard any reason, that um, if Ivory did, did do something to Monica, any reason that you've heard that this would have happened? Uh, there was a rumor running around that she had supposedly stole, you know, taken some money from, uh, him around several thousand dollars, supposedly, but, huh. you know, that was, like I say, a, a rumor. That's just a rumor. Okay. And is Ivory, was in jail in 2005, is he still in jail or is he in jail for something else in 2019? Uh, I couldn't tell you if he's still in jail or not. Okay. I, I'm going to say probably, but I mean, I don't know. Okay. Uh, do you, uh, if if you can say this uh, publicly, do you, have you ever like kept tabs on him? You know, anybody, you know, maybe some friends you still have law in, for, in law enforcement. If you can say, I'm not asking you to say anything that might get you in trouble or anything you're not supposed to do, but I have to ask, do you ever have anybody in uh, in law enforcement that, Maybe he's kept tabs on him for you, saying, hey, Ivory popped up here, Ivory popped up there. No, uh, not that I'm aware of. I mean, I I had a phone call here a while back uh, from uh, a cold case investigator in Austin, but mm-hmm. that's other than that, that's it. Okay. Now, you did mention something, and this is, I think, the last time we talked on the phone about a task force, and mm-hmm. they were um, seemingly looking mm-hmm. into maybe some other women that Ivory knew who ended up missing or were murdered. Uh, what can you tell the listeners uh, about this task force? Uh, it's a cold case missing persons task force out of Austin. Uh, it's combined of, you know, investigators from different agencies across the state, including, you know, DPS and uh, all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. And they just investigate missing person code cases. And, <clears throat> excuse me, they called me and, and asked me, they were wanting some DNA, of, uh, wanting to get some DNA samples from uh, my uh, niece and nephew. And, uh, Okay. They kind of they kind of told me that 
they were looking at him at some other cases too. They didn't they they didn't go into uh, into any kind of uh, specificity about it, but mm-hmm. you know they they were looking at him at some other things. Okay. Do you know if these are disappearances or the murder of murders of women, maybe in the same kind of demographic, age, ethnicity as Monica? Do you think that these were uh, crimes that were committed around that time of like maybe say, let's say 98 to 2003? Or do you think that they were looking at things that he had did much more recently than that? Do you know? Uh, uh, I couldn't tell you, but my hunch was is that he had been involved in more than just Monica's incident and there, there, there's no telling how many deals he was involved in. Okay. But you took it to mean, once again, I know they weren't specific with you, but you took it to mean that he might have been involved in some other disappearances or oh, yeah. murders, unsolved murders, around the time of right. Monica's disappearance in 1999. Right. Okay. I'm sure the listeners probably are going to go to – Amarillo, Dallas, and maybe some of these other uh, cities uh, and try to figure out what maybe they were looking into because I'm sure there still are many unsolved cases, you know, around that time, you know, especially in Monica's age range. Okay, so we have Ivory. Ivory Teeler seems to be a pretty good choice, but they didn't track him down for five years, and then he didn't want to take a lie detector test. He's never taken a lie detector test ever. To your knowledge? As far as I know, no. No. Okay. And we don't know where he is uh, right now. Now, you said that um, you ended up raising Monica's two children. Uh, how are they doing? Um, it's been 20 years now. How are they doing? Uh, they're doing good. Uh, uh, my uh, niece lives in Ohio. Uh, my nephew lives in uh, uh they're in the Pampa area. Okay. And um, and how old were they when she disappeared in 1999? Oh, wow. Oh. Roughly. Uh, Leslie was probably six. Okay. I think. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I, I, to be honest with you, I can't remember. Okay. I, I guess what I'm asking is, were they both old enough to remember their mom? Oh, yeah. Both of them? Uh, Leslie, not, Leslie, not so much. Lex, okay. yes. Okay. Um, but Leslie doesn't, you know, she doesn't remember her mom too much. Okay. All right. Um, and I, I do have to ask you, being that you were a, a member of law enforcement, and like I said, you told me that you were retired. How, on top of you being affected uh, as her brother and caring deeply about her, even though we realized she got into some things, you know, that were trouble. You know, did this affect your law enforcement career after that? Did it? Not really. Uh, there was some uh, back in 2005 when I when I kind of raised a little stink. There was a tip that came in that uh, came in through the sheriff's office, and they didn't contact our investigators. Instead, they went out and 
and started doing, and, and somehow uh, it got back to our department that they were doing this and and everything, and I kind of threw a little fit. I got called into the chief's office, told that I needed to shut my mouth or mm-hmm. else, and it was, it was so, a mess. So it did affect it. Did affect yeah. it. Okay. And you know, basically, I I left because the person that I had the problem with uh, in 2000, or at, at the time that that all happened in 2005, um, in 2009, he was going to come in as the chief, and I wasn't huh. going to work for him. <laughs> that wasn't going to work out for you, huh? That you couldn't do that. No. Okay. No. Okay. And I, I have to ask you this, being that you were a police officer for another 10 years, how when you would run across, you get called in, you know, some teenager or somebody is missing, uh, do you think you looked at it differently after Monica disappeared? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was, you know, after Monica's disappearance, everything, everybody, you know, everybody's attitude started changing. And, you know, when somebody come in with a missing person's report, we took a report at the time, and it's like I told them, you know, it's better to take the report now, mm-hmm. and then have, you know, and if they are, you know, gone for whatever reason and you know of their own free will, you can always inactivate the case. But you, it, it's hard to come back and investigate something. You know, when so much time goes by. Absolutely true. So there is not a more truer you know, statement that's ever been said on Unfound from what you just said. Just take the report. Just do know. it. Do it. Yeah. You know, if it turns out the person returns two years later, then yeah. 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 Absolutely true. How did this affect? How did this affect maybe your mother? She, of course, uh, the grandmother I know was watching the kids as well. But how did it? Yeah. How did it affect them? Uh, she took care of them, you know. She she basically took custody of them. I mean, she she wasn't granted custody, you know, through the legal process. But she she had the kids until till I I actually went to court and got them, and because mm-hmm. the father was yeah. trying to raise some problems, but he didn't want to pay child support or anything like that. He went, didn't want to help my mom out or nothing. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, it took its toll on my mom, you know, uh, over the years. Yeah. Okay. Is, uh, is your mother still alive? She's still with us? No, she passed away. She, she passed away in two, February, 2014. All right. Now I do have to say this, that you have, um, a website out there and it's one of the, best websites I've seen uh, for a missing person. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about that? You know, how you got that started and you still manage it, right? You still do that? Yep. I st- yep. I still manage it. Uh, you know, I, I put it together, I guess, shortly after Monica uh, went missing and everything. 
And then in 2005, I, I went back and I updated a lot of information in there. Uh, I host the website myself as mm -hmm. well as other missing persons websites I host as well. Okay. Uh, through my uh, missing person website. Okay. And, why don't uh, you Why don't you give the address out for it right now, Donnie? Uh, it's it's basically pampaweb.net uh, is the main page, and then Monica's page uh, will go off of that, which will be findmonicaappleton.com. Okay. Great. And it's I, like I said, I've been to the website a few times over the last couple of weeks, and it's really good. It's really good. Um, you know, so many people get websites started, I think, in the beginning, and then they kind of let them go, but... You've been running yours for 20 years now, I guess. Yeah. Wow. And the internet has changed so much since then, so I'm really impressed. Oh, yeah. That's really impressed. Good for you. And I realized that with the job that you have now, that's probably not as easy to do maybe to manage it, you right. know, where you're out <laughs> on the road. Okay. Well, that's really good. Right. Uh, really good for you, Donnie. Way to, way to keep this all alive. Um, do you also have maybe a Facebook page or something for Monica as well? Yes. Yeah, tell them, it, tell the listeners about it. it. It's off of mine. Uh, it's uh, Find Monica Appleton. I believe it is. I, okay. I can't remember exactly. Uh, okay. It's a spinoff off my my Facebook. Okay. I will sure. I think I've been to it, so I will make sure that those links get out to the listeners. Um, of course, before this episode airs, this um. Episode's going to come out on the 21st of June of 2019, so in the days leading up by the time. I guess what I'm saying is by the time everybody's hearing our interview here, they will have gone to your website. They'll know about the website and the Facebook page. I will make sure right. of that. So, okay. so I give you all the credit in the world, uh, Donnie. You know, 20 years of uh, managing all that. I know that's a lot of work, and uh, good for you. I appreciate it. You uh, have any final words? Before we complete uh, no. this interview, no, not that I'm, not that I can think of at this point. Uh, you know, it's been so long. You know, I I know, like as I said earlier, I know somebody out there knows something, but you know, if if even the people that that were involved in that are even still alive, I, you know. Uh, some of the people that names came up in that during that case or have since been killed, you know, in car accidents or this or that, you know. So I, I, I'm sure somebody out there knows something, though. Okay. All right, Donnie, uh, we'll do our best. And I want you to know that, uh, as people know, once you're on the program, you become part of the Unfound family. And I hope that, uh, you know, we can continue to talk. If you need to sure. brainstorm anything, um, talk over things, or, you know, and need me to try to do something for you in my capacity in the media, I'm here. Okay? You know my phone number. You can call me anytime. Email me, call me, okay. you know, whatever else. That's that's what it means to be part of the Unfound family now. And, of course, right. I've already told you about there's going to be a meetup in July in Amarillo, which if you can make that happen, I think that uh, a lot of the people who are going to show up there would love to meet you 
and love to talk okay. more about Monica and see how they can help you because it would be people all from that area. Okay? Right. Okay. And I deeply appreciate okay. you being on this episode of Unfound, Donnie. You bet. I appreciate you. Well, thank you very much. And that was my interview with Donnie Brown, brother of Monica Appleton. I thank him for being on the program. He is the first male guest we've had since Matt Copper was on in April of 2018. Yes, about 14 months ago. Why so long? I really can't say. Honestly, until recently, I can't say I even realized we went a year without having a male guest. I'm going to have to think about why that streak went for so long. If we are to believe Monica didn't just run off, then there's only one known suspect in her disappearance. Ivory Teeler. That makes this case fairly simple, even though it is still unsolved. However, the problems we have are the same ones we've had in several cases like Monica's. What are some of those cases? Jamie Bowen, Crystal Morrison, Rebecca Henderson. Cases where we have young women who had addictions in their lives, we have a good suspect in each, ones who certainly could have made these women disappear, but... The main suspects still have never spent a day in jail in any of these cases. The reason? There is absolutely no proof that these suspects did anything at all. In fact, the suspects can't even be put in the vicinity of the missing women at the time their disappearances took place. I think that's the reason in many of these cases, these men are just persons of interest and not termed suspects. In Monica's case, this is certainly true. On top of the fact that Monica chose not to be dropped off at Ivory's like she usually was, in fact, her decision could be interpreted that she was avoiding Ivory and not going to see him, thus making it harder for us to connect them on October 13, 1999. In fact, by Monica choosing to get out where she did, she gave Ivory a built-in alibi. Hey, I never saw her. Like her mother said, she didn't get dropped off at my house because this case would certainly be different if Monica's mother had dropped her off at Ivory's, and Ivory was waiting for Monica on the front porch, and Monica's mother saw her go inside with Ivory. But that's not what happened. And you add in that Monica was a prostitute. The truth is that she could have been meeting anyone that day, not only Ivory. The other problem is that despite a lot of talk about how Ivory is connected to other disappearances and murders, he's never had any charges brought against him. And despite me looking into other disappearances in both the Amarillo and Dallas areas, no connection has ever been made between those missing women and Ivory. The same is true for unsolved murders of young women in those cities. So what are we to make of that? I think what it means is all the talk about Ivory regarding other cases is just rumorizing and sensationalism, with not a lot of facts to back it up. What this means, in my opinion, is Monica's family and investigators, like Monica that day, should have a change of plans. It may be time to start thinking that Ivory isn't responsible. I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've been listening to 
Unfound.